You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, Chelsea and I... Well, Chelsea's back, so that's exciting. Holla! Um, <laughs> but also, Chelsea and I are going to be talking about Avengers Endgame because there's just so much to process and we need time to discuss this. Something just fell over and it scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Not but even two minutes in. <laughs> I know. It's already a mess. Uh, but before we get into that, Chelsea, what have you been doing this week? Well, two weeks, kind of, because I was oh, gone. Yeah. Um, and mostly that's the only interesting part of what I've been gone. <laughs> what, what part I've been gone. But uh, Amsterdam was fun. As you <sighs> you probably saw from my Instagram, basically all I did. Went to the Van Gogh Museum. Which was amazing. I saw the sunflowers, jealous. Katie. Oh, jealous. I so saw jealous. the sunflowers. And like, <laughs> so the Van Gogh Museum does not allow any photos inside except for like certain designated areas. Of course, there were still like jerks who were like sneaking pics, which was really frustrating. Because it's like, come on, dude, like have respect. Have respect for the art and the museum and blah, blah, blah. But sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I did not sneak a pic because I'm just too much of a rule follower. <laughs> Look at you being a good, good, good human. I just can't do it. <laughs> I getcha. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to either, to be honest. No, like, I don't know. It's just not, not my thing. But uh, the sunflowers were gorgeous and... The almond blossoms were so pretty. There was just a lot. Everything was so, so nice. Like his self-portraits and all that. It was gorgeous. Um, we also went to Anne Frank House Museum. Uh, that was really sad. And not as many stairs as I thought there would be. Fault in Our Stars kind of makes you think like you're just going to be climbing stairs the whole time. I was going to say, I was like, did the Fault in Our Stars kind of like... I mean, exaggerate the effort it takes to get up in there or probably for someone who has like genuine lung problems it's probably really difficult for like any other average human being it's fine there's a okay. lot of like slow walking in between each thing of stairs so it's honestly fine oh okay yeah um but it was really really nice and uh thoughtful and really modern like you get these um like speakers that you like point at a wall and then it starts talking and telling you about the stuff in the room and oh like they cut they give one to everyone oh cool yeah so there's not like a lot of like there's not a bunch of text to read on the walls it's mainly like you're listening in you see pictures and it's really really cool um what else? Oh, went to the Tulip Gardens, which was gorgeous. It was like, you know, like at Disneyland, those certain parts where there's like flowers and like flower designs and everyone's taking pictures. 
Yeah. And, like, everyone's, like, surrounded by it, taking pictures. Imagine, like, that, but, like, the whole park is that. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) It was beautiful. It was very, very crowded. Like, so it was hard to kind of, like, get pictures without someone being in the background. (laughs) But no. No, no, no. It was still gorgeous. Like, it was perfect weather for it. It was sunny. It was warm, but it wasn't, like too hot where you were dying like it was obviously very hot for me but like my parents were fine like it was probably the the warmest day for them um they kept thinking it was going to be cold and they were like oh I guess I don't need to bring or I don't need to wear all the long sleeve shirts that I brought (laughs) oh no because it was like mid 70s so it was like perfect it was perfect weather uh, what else? Food Holland. Food Holland was like this big hall of international food, mm-hmm. which was obviously like, that was like first on my list. I was like, yup, go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like the, some of the best Mexican food I've had in like two years. Oh, that's good. It was delicious. They had really good tacos, uh, burritos. Um, we drank a lot of Heineken. We went to the Heineken Museum and freaking got drunk at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. It was, I drank like seven beers on that tour and it was fantastic. Like it was good fun. But coming outside to like a big city at 2 p.m. when you're drunk and you're like, don't know what to do. And you're like, uh. (laughs) I'm like, my parents are drunk. They're staggering. (laughs) We're staggering. And then we all are just like. Let's get McDonald's and sober us up. <laughs> That's amazing. It was so amazing. It was funny. Uh, but I have a totally new appreciation for Heineken. So that's cool. That's what's fun about going to those kind of tours is like Heineken would never be a beer that I would ever choose. Um, uh-huh. It's the same with Guinness. When I went to the Guinness factory, like Guinness wouldn't have never been a beer that I would choose, but because like you go and see how it's made and like taste it with a totally different appreciation and perspective, it kind of makes you appreciate it more. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it basically, it was just a lot of like taking pictures, going to cafes, trying not to get run over by bicycles because my God. Yeah. It sucks to be a pedestrian in Amsterdam, but it's fine. It was very easy to travel around. I rec if anyone's like ever wanted to go but don't you know, don't like the usual stuff that everyone goes to Amsterdam for, you can totally have that trip. Just don't stay stay in the city center. Stay like five minutes outside the city center and it's perfect. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Katie? What you been up to, girl? <laughs> Um, hosting this podcast without you. Yeah, uh, like, everyone was, like, swarming in with love for Rob. Rob's fan favorite. (laughs) Yeah, it was really funny because, uh, that episode was supposed to be a (laughs) a (laughs) endgame prep episode. And honestly, like, the first 45 minutes were not anything about (laughs) the topic. It was just really funny because... My favorite thing was that uh, Rob has this ability to just derail any conversation about anything, and it was it was good fun. It was really fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah, it was like, 
it was just really funny. I just did not expect to get interrogated about the pie that I didn't eat or <laughs> Brian. Like, right. Thank God he wasn't. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> thank God Rob's not on this episode because a lot of my time was spent with Brian this week. <laughs> Don't at her. <laughs> Don't at me. Don't at me, Rob. Anyways, so I watched Game of Thrones, obviously, on Sunday. Oh, right. And tonight, because this we're recording on Sunday, tonight is the big 83-minute episode oh. of the season. So every episode path from this moment forward is going to be like a mini-movie. Basically, like... No one is safe. Everyone's going to die. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not sure. N- not everyone's going to die, but a lot of people will not survive the coming episodes as we approach the end of the series. So uh, I hope no one's your favorite because they could die at any point during the show. Well, no one's my favorite because I don't know anyone <laughs> except Amelia Clark. <laughs> Uh, but I like her as a person. <laughs> yeah, I have lots of favorites, so I'm scared for the future of what's going to happen. Um, let's see. On Wednesday, I went to trivia. We did a really bad job. Oh, no. It was just not good. We came in, like, sixth place, but, like, everyone that was there that had, like, that had a team, like, everyone got rocked. Because usually, like, by the end, one or more teams have, like, points in the high 70s or 80s. No one broke, like, mid-70 points at the end of round eight. Oh. So it was just hard. Like, everything was hard. There, I don't know. It was just, like, not a good trivia day. And there was only three of us for a long time. And then another person came. So, I mean, like, even I had a tough time with, like, the visual movie round. And I'm really good at that. Yeah. Like, very, very good. But some of them were just difficult and, like, I don't watch every TV show and movie ever created. So some what? of them I was just like, I have no idea what this is. How dare you, Katie? <laughs> I know. Just a bad, bad, bad job. Um, let's see. I had dinner with Brian on Thursday. We then watched half, like, the, like, half of Ant-Man and the Wasp because I just wanted to watch the end credit scene. Like, mm. I didn't actually see that entire movie. But then we watched something else for, like, a short period of time. And then he wanted to show me the part where Michael Pena's character gets the truth serum. And he starts, like, telling the story. Mm-hmm. So we watched from basically from that part forward. Oh, okay. And I ended up going home, like, late, which totally sucked because I went home late. So I didn't get home and, like asleep until 1 to one thirty in the morning and I had to get up early because I was seeing Endgame on Friday at 9 30 in the morning and at a theater by my work so I had to drive all the way to my office and I was scared about being late so I left at like 6 15 and there was hardly any traffic and I ended up getting into my like to where my office is at like before 8 a.m. And oh, I was no. like, well, now I have, like, an hour to kill. Because I wasn't going to leave until, like, 8.30, 8.45 to be at the theater by 9. Or, like, a little bit before 9. So I had to park and, like, relax and prepare for what was going to happen. Yeah. Prepare for the tears. I got it. Yeah. And 
So, like, I was on hardly any sleep. I worked for, like, a half an hour, and then I got to the theater, and then I sat through Endgame on Friday from, like, 9.30 till, like, 12.30. Nice. We'll talk about how I feel about that, obviously. Yes. That's what this whole episode is about. Um, and then yesterday, I went to the Renaissance Pleasure Fair, which is the first Renaissance Fair in Southern California. Nice. Like, I mean, it's the original one, so it's not the first time they've had it, but it's, like, the original Renaissance Fair in Southern California, so Mm. it's been going on for a very long time. Very good. Yeah. I mean, it was super fun. I went with Brian and Joel, who I haven't seen since the holiday party for my work. Yeah. So it's been months. I gave him his Christmas present because I haven't seen him. (laughs) Such a long time. Yeah. He was very happy, though. Um, but we did a lot of stuff. We got to see the jousting because, you know, jousting is amazing. But, like, it's really funny when you come in and you, you just pick where you're going to sit. Like, you have no – you just come in, you find an empty bench, you sit down, right? Yeah. But one half of the stadium is for one night and one half is for the other. And, like, no matter where you sit, it's automatic fierce loyalty to that team. Yes. Like, you have no idea. Like, this guy could be a bad guy. It doesn't matter. You're like, he is my knight. I will cheer for him forever. Yes. <laughs> but, like, on the side we were on, there was this dude who was, like, amazing at heckling. So while we were cheering for, like, our knight, we were the Order of the Griffin. So we were, like, black and red and cheering for, like, our guy. And we, like, love him. We're like, we just met, but we love you. Yes. Um. The, this guy was heckling the other side. And he was like, your horse is too small for you. And the guy was like, excuse me? <laughs> The other night was just like he stopped what he was doing and looked over and he was like, what did you just say to me? (laughs) Like it was to the point where it was like so distracting what this guy was yelling that the the commentator person, like the girl on the horse, she was like, all right, everybody needs to calm down. (laughs) Like. But it was like, like distracting. our night our was laughing super hard and stuff. It was really good because he's like, your horse is too small. I hear they've got ponies in the back. And it was just really funny. <laughs> oh, my oh, my goodness. My it was just really good. And everybody loves a good jousting tournament because it's great. Yes. And... We saw a falcon show, which was cool. On my Instagram, if you watch, there's, like, this bird that, like, almost flies, like, right into me. I'm, like, recording, and I can see it coming, and I just, like, ducked while holding my phone up, and the bird flies right over me. Oh, my God. It was charging for you? <laughs> no. Well, like, so what they were doing is they were there. Uh, it's, like, it's called falconry. So mm. they, like, trained falcons and stuff, and they were, like, showing off, like, how amazing the birds are, obviously. So they would put food on a stand in different parts of the, like, where we were sitting. Yeah. And there's one that was, like, right behind us. So he, like, put food up there, and the bird flies low and then up onto the the bird stand. But, like, the one that I recorded was not as close as the bird had gotten to me because the one before that one, the bird took off, and I'm, like, watching it, and it's, like, head level. And I was, like, (laughs) basically (laughs) dove into Brian's lap, like, to get out of the way of the bird. And, like, he was laughing at me, but the girl that was sitting in front of me, both her and I were, like, well, that was real close. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) What if you didn't Um, move? It would smack you right in the head. Yeah, pretty much. Because they tell you, like, you have to be paying attention to what's going on around you because the birds swoop low. 
and like could land on you or next to you or around you. And I'm like, falcons eat meat. I don't want them near my hands. No, no, thank you. Um, but they had a an owl, which was like super beautiful, and her mm. name was Cleo, and she was gorgeous, and I wanted her. <laughs> um, we also saw a guy who holds a Guinness World Record for the most juggling whip throws. It's a very niche Guinness yeah. World Record. <laughs> so what he does is he like juggles three whips in the air, but also like um, snaps them. As, like, oh. he catches it. So, like, he holds the record for, like, 80 of those. Wow. He goes, it's very niche. And I was like, yeah, no you kidding. think? There's, like, one <laughs> other person that you had to beat right? <laughs> to hold this record. But he was really funny. And he also lights whips on fire and, like, does stuff with them. Wow. It was amazing. It was really cool. Um, and then I caught up on Riverdale today. I missed two episodes. Nice. There's three episodes left. As well. Girl, there's three episodes left. I cannot wait for this season to be done <laughs> so that I can move on with my life. Yes. Mostly I just want to know what happens. Like, why the farm? Like, why griffins and gargoyles? I just want it all to come to a conclusion. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, Riverdale. Whatever. Anyways... Um, don't forget to head over to geek2geekmedia.com to check out the latest episodes of the geek to geek podcast and Geektitude. And don't forget to subscribe to Capsule J and Troidal Power's Twitch streams so that you don't miss out when they stream their favorite games, talk about stuff, and keep listening now to hear a promo from all the shows on the network. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. Hey Geeks, this is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the geek to geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash CapsuleJ. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8pm to 11pm Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek, too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week... Keep it geek. And we are back. 
So this week we're going to be discussing Avengers Endgame because it's all anybody's talking about. It's all I want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yes. Um, like, I saw this movie on Friday and I still have not processed everything. And I'm sure I missed stuff. Like, I didn't even, ha- I didn't even get up to go to the bathroom. So I did watch the solid three hours. No, same. Without getting up to go to the bathroom. But honestly, I'm sure I missed things because there were parts where I was like full body sobbing and just looked down or couldn't see through the tears that were falling out of my eyes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm going to see it again, probably on Monday, because guess who's on vacation from work now? Let's me. Oh, snap. Yeah, it's going to Portland. What? That's hashtag self care. Oh my god. <laughs> hashtag love yourself. Yes. Um. Anyways, so we're just gonna talk about the movie. Uh, I chose not to go like super structured for this because I feel like we just have things to say and we can just talk about it. Yeah. But I did put get the plot summary. Not that we need it, but I got it from IMDb, so it was an anonymously submitted plot summary. And it says, the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of the remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to undo Thanos' actions and restore order to the universe. Nice. I mean, that's basically what happens. I mean, that's a very, like, yeah, general, (laughs) basic bit of what happens in three hours. (laughs) Yeah. And... Just so people know, from this moment forward, we will be talking about spoilers. This episode's going to be full of spoilers. It's all the spoilers. So if you have not seen this movie, click off now. (laughs) Don't want spoilers. Stop listening now. Yes. Come back later after you see it. Yes. Like, it shocks me that Troy will not be seeing this movie until, like, end of next week. Why? End of this week. Because he doesn't have time to, like, go and see it. And I'm like, how? Like, I'm, Steph and I are seeing him on Friday, and we were explicitly told that we're not allowed to talk about this movie because he still wouldn't have seen it yet. That's so much trouble. Oh, my gosh. He probably has to stay off all of social media, I imagine. He went through and did some heavy blockage of hashtags and content so that he doesn't get spoiled, and I applaud his efforts. Good job. Anyways, so Avengers Endgame. <laughs> um, I actually, I very much enjoyed this movie despite how sad it was. Yeah. Um, because this entire film basically focused on Iron Man and Captain America and like the rest of the, the original Avengers, but like mostly on those two. Well, yeah, they're the big two, and like I mean, I'm I'm not complaining. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean they're they're like the ones that started it. They're like the team leaders in a way. They also are like kind of the ones leaving this whole tenure bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So it makes sense that it would kind of be. Th- them like it would focus on them and end with them and yeah but it was good 
it was very good, very sad, and also kind of funny. It was, like, kind of everything all at once, and it was a lot to, like, take in everything that happened. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, I will say, though, that I'm actually very happy that they explained. Like, I already figured out what was going to happen with Hawkeye, like, how he was going to end up being who he, like, we had seen in the trailer. Yeah. Like, I called that. I was like, he's definitely not going to know what's going on. And then he's going to see his family's just going to disappear. And he's going to have no idea what happened. Mm-hmm. And he's going to lose it. And that's basically what happened. Yep. He turns into some sort of, like, crazy ninja archer thing. People keep calling him, like, Ronin or something. Or I don't remember, like, how you say his name. But, like... Um, he's supposed to basically like turns into a different character, but I don't think that was their intention. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I just know that like it was Clint Barton. He was Hawkeye. He, you know, while the apocalypse happened, he had time to get a sleeve of tattoos and cut his hair. So he went through some dark times. <laughs> you know what? I love Jeremy Renner and he did an amazing job. Yes. It would almost be interesting to see his development from that point to getting there. Because in a way, you just kind of, like, all of a sudden see him becoming an assassin. Yeah. And it would have been, like, obviously there's no time. <laughs> and this yeah. this was not the time. But, like, if they could do, like, a spinoff movie or something, it would be kind of interesting to see his basically five years and getting to that point, I think that would be, you know. Uh, well, Chelsea, uh, I oh. would be happy to tell you oh. that <laughs> Hawkeye is getting a spinoff show that's going to be happening on the Disney Plus app. Just delete, just delete everything I just said. <laughs> nope, <laughs> leaving it in. Whoops, sorry. It, yeah, he's getting a spinoff show, and it's going to be Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. So I don't know the we don't know what the premise of the show is going to be. So it could be those five years, or it could be something different. Okay. So I don't, we don't know. Wow. I do not keep up with things, apparently. But yeah, cool. (laughs) But yeah, no, it would be very interesting to see, like, what is it that, I mean, obviously, like, the motivation behind him just, like, basically became the, like, I have nothing to live for kind of thing anymore because my family is gone and they're everything to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be interesting to see if they decide to go that route and create a show that kind of follows him on his path to becoming his super ninja archer person that he becomes. Yeah. Or maybe we'll actually find out what the hell happened in Budapest because I keep bringing it up, but we never know what happened. Yep. <laughs> um, anyways, so what is it? Iron Man is stuck on that ship. Like, just floating in space with Nebula, and it's very sad. Yes. When he leaves that, like, message for Pepper, I was, like, crying. I was like, come on. It was funny when we were watching it in theater. uh, (laughs) Like, right as he, like, you know, goes to, like, get his helmet and start recording... This little girl in this in the theater, like not far from me, goes, "What's that?" Like really loud. 
<laughs> just rips you right out of that moment. Complete, you're just like, well, yep. I was like, well, okay, now I'm. <laughs> so it was probably would have been sadder if I'd watched it with like a quiet theater, but I was going, what the? <laughs> What's that? What's that? <laughs> That's really funny. Oh, jeez. Um, it's interesting that because that's the the very first appearance in this film of Captain Marvel too, because she's the one who saves them. Um, her role, people were hyping it up that she was going to be a big player in this movie, and she was probably in it for about ten minutes, spaced out throughout the so, whole film. Like, I don't know if this is terrible of me to say, but I think it's kind of okay. Like, yeah. I don't like the fact that they hyped it up that she was going to be, like, this massive role in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I think it was kind of, it It kind of makes sense that she would kind of take a back seat. Because she's, like, the future of Marvel. This yes. movie is kind of, like, paying an homage to the last ten years. So I feel yeah. like it would kind of be stepping over all of the people that have been there from the beginning. Yeah. So I feel like if they gave her like a huge big amount of screen time versus like the people who have been in like all the movies like Scarlett Johansson and, you know, that kind of thing. I think that it would be a disservice. But like, I think it would, like the role that she did play was good. I actually agree with that. Um, I didn't think because because people kept talking that Captain Marvel was going to be the one who defeated Thanos, that, like, she was going to be the savior of all, and it didn't really make a lot of sense that she would be the one. Um, Obviously, like, the route in which things went to, like, who ended up being the true savior, like, I didn't expect some of it. No. Um, But I did like where she fit in with the film, because she, like, saves Iron Man and Nebula, which is fantastic Mm -hmm. um she sticks around for a short period of time at the beginning and then she sort of joins the team and helping in places where the team can't go yeah and that was her role is to be a part of the avengers but help in places where the avengers can't go because she can like breathe and fly in space and stuff and yeah all of those things and then she shows up at the end of the at the final battle like right at the moment that we need her to show up and then she joins up with all of the badass women of the entire MCU and kicks some butt. Yes. Which was brilliant. Is what we needed. Which is what we needed. Yeah. Um but things were like I didn't expect a time jump. Did you expect the like time jump of the 5 years? I didn't, but it kind of makes sense. Like I think it was a good device to show the true impact of what this decision, you know, um, how it, how it impacts the world and the consequences that come with that, you know, Mm -hmm. because just, just knowing that half the world is gone is one thing, but like to see like, cause he obviously did it thinking that it was going to be done for good reasons, you know, like, half the people, then you have double the resources. It's like, yeah, but you've just made the entire rest of the world miserable, which is not going to function in the same way. 
Mm-hmm. And like you've completely disrupted the way the systems of how the world is working and functioning. It's it just it put there's a lot of consequences that Thanos's idea is really naive to, and I think that yeah. he realizes that. So I think in order to to see that we had to see a time jump, and to truly get the like impact of loss. Yeah. And I think, I think, what is it? Um, we got a lot of just how big of an impact. So, like, it impacted everybody on the team. But I think we saw the real, true, full impact portrayed within two characters, which I feel like was uh, how off the rails that Clint went and, like, the person that he became within that five years of after the snap. And then how uh, Natasha was dealing with it all because she was basically holding down, like holding the fort. She was the one that was telling everybody what to do because if nobody did it, if she didn't do it, then who would do it was Mm -hmm. kind of her thing. So, but you're also seeing the impact of how she feels about losing. Like she feels like she lost Clint, even though he's not gone. Yeah. And she didn't know how to fix that. Like, how do you tell somebody it's going to be okay when your entire family is gone? Yeah. When that was his whole world. And so she's feeling that loss as well as like she lost the whole team, right? Like everybody's gone. So, but it's also, you know, where do they go? How do they move forward? And I kind of like that, that Steve kind of took on the same role that Sam Wilson had when they first met, where he was kind of running this therapy session like this group therapy session, like talking to people that were probably post military at the time that were veterans. Cause that's what Sam did mm-hmm. trying like seeing how they feel about, you know, it's been five years since half the planet disappeared. And I like that they had the guy talking about a date, but that he was gay, which was also great. Mm-hmm. I like, he was like, well, I met him and we talked about stuff. Like he cried before appetizers. I cried before dessert. Yeah. And we're going to see each other tomorrow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> so, so sweet. It was, yeah. Um, I like that you do see everyone grieving in a very different way because everyone obviously does grieve in, a, in very different ways. Um, obviously, we saw like Thor, who had an immense amount of loss even before Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And then go into infinity war and then have another extreme amount of loss, clearly suffering from post traumatic stress with killing Thanos as well. Like even with throughout all the loss that he suffered, then also having to like kill someone that impacted his life in a very big way. It was honestly like as funny as like, or as like a good of a chuckle as it was to like see Thor like not hot. <laughs> it's actually kind of sad how much people make fun of him in that movie because like, dude, he's going through some shit. All right. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Thor. Poor Thor. He like. <sighs> it was just really sad to see just the great toll that everything took on him. Because also, I mean, he feel he blames himself because he made the choice to, like, when he threw the axe, he, like, hit him in the chest. 
and he told him he should have aimed for the head and then he snapped and he was like, oh my God, what happened? Like, what's what's going on? And so he probably blames himself thinking that he could have stopped everything, but he didn't. Yeah. So now he's dealing with not only he lost all of Asgard, his dad, his mom, and then he, you know, saved who he could, leaves on a ship, and then all of those, almost all of those people die, including his brother and Heimdall. Mm-hmm. And his brother's, like, probably dead, dead. And then he has to fight against the person that killed his family. And then half of whatever was left of Asgard probably got snapped, too. So, like, it was, like, a double, triple, quadruple loss for Thor. <laughs> so it's not surprising that he became an alcoholic. Yeah, I became an alcoholic, gained weight, just basically wanted to go off the grid and like, oh, it just it just sucked. I don't know, it just really sucked to see him go through all that and yeah. I really loved the the chat he had with his mom. I thought that was like so inspiring and so sweet. I'm glad that they let him talk to her because he lost her like forever ago because he lost her in Thor 2 Dark Mm -hmm. World that's when she died and I like how she was like you are not the Thor from this time and he's like what I don't know what you're talking about and she's (laughs) like honey I was raised by witches I'm not stupid yeah (laughs) but he needed that he needed that chat to sort of wake him up to realize that what he was doing was the right thing and that he needed to like get it together to help because they needed him just as much as like they need him just as much as he needs them. Yeah. So, um, but to like backtrack, I will say that when Tony arrived back and so he was like basically malnourished, dehydrated, like he was dying basically. And he looked, cap right in the face and he was like I lost the kid I was I was sobbing oh my god and like also because uh was it Rob and I kind of talked about this last week where uh you know like the rift between Steve and Tony happened in Civil War right and they mm-hmm. never really got the chance to make up from that moment yeah that fight and Steve left he dropped the shield and left and they didn't really interact that much in uh, Infinity War because Tony didn't call him. Yeah. Bruce did. Yeah. So they never really got the chance to kind of fix that. And you could still feel that when they were fighting. Oh, And he, like, took off the thing on his chest off and handed it and, like, put it in Cap's hand. It was just, like, it was so devastating because you're still angry about it. Yeah. About the fight between the two of them. Um, Steve kind of being this, like, we can fix this, and Tony kind of feeling just, no, there's no fixing this. We lost the ultimate loss. Like, everyone's gone. Yeah. And also, he thought he was going to die floating in space. Oh, yeah. So, I'm glad they made up, though. Like, when he showed up, and he reached into his trunk and all that stuff was sitting on top of the shield. That literally means that he's been carrying that shield in his car for who knows how long. Yep. Been waiting to give it back to him. And he gave it back to him. It was, I was so like, good. 
I was crying. I was like, this is the moment that I've been waiting for, for the two of them to make up because Mm -hmm. their friendship is very important. And I'm glad that they were able to like forgive each other for all the things that they said and did and whatnot. So good. Um, God, there's so much to talk about in this movie. And, uh, I love that, um, Ant-Man got sucked into the quantum realm and was stuck there for like the five years, but it was like five years on the outside, but only five hours for him. And then when he showed up again, that was so funny. He's like, like pulling a wagon full of stuff. He's like, Hey kid, uh, what happened here? Like he has no idea what happened. No. And like that shot alone shows you the impact. Like, I love that they use Ant-Man as a device to be like, to explain basically kind of like what has been happening the past five years. Like you see all the garbage piled up because yeah, like things aren't working as smoothly as they used to be. So there's not as many people like systems haven't been probably set in place for certain areas. So like the garbage is piling up and (laughs) you know, things aren't working as well. But then like, yeah, you see his daughter like grown like into a, like a, you know, grown teenager. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> when she showed up, I was like, how old was his daughter in Ant-Man and the Wasp when we last saw her like five years day? Well, I mean, she'd be what? Like 10, 12. I think she was in that. So she's probably like, so she was like 15, 17. Yeah. Somewhere in that realm. Yeah. But that sucks is like, because her mom got snapped. That was yeah. clear. So she's been, for those five years, she's basically had to figure out how to survive on her own. But also they don't know, nobody had any idea what happened to Scott. So they just assumed he got snapped with the rest of them. Exactly. Um, And thankfully, like, I mean, obviously, like, thankfully he didn't. He kind of brought some of the comedy, which was great because he was just, like, so, like, what is happening? I don't know. Hey, guys, you guys remember me? Like, I was really big, and then I was, like, really small. He was like, my name's Scott Lang. I'm Ant-Man. Like, you know me. Open the door. Oh, my God. I, lo- I loved Paul Rudd in this movie. Like, like okay, another funny bit was uh, obviously, what is it, Professor Hulk, <laughs> basically. Like... But it was funny because a lot of his jokes didn't land very well in the theater that I was in. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd, he'd crack, like, a funny joke, and I would laugh, and, like, everyone in the theater was silent. And I was like, oh, right? But it was a lot of kids in the theater. So I feel oh, like okay. Because, like, even when Eamon saw it the first time, it was, like, all people over 16, basically. Yeah. And he said that the, those jokes landed, very like, a lot better. But, uh... I like that Ant-Man and Hulk kind of both brought a bit of comedy and I loved Hulk in this movie so much. (laughs) I, I will just say that I did not like the Bruce Banner Hulk merge thing. I didn't like it. Oh no. No, I was not a fan of it. Like when I saw him, I was like, I was like, come on. Oh, I didn't mind it. I think my favorite part with Bruce was when the oh God, I can't ever remember what her name is from Doctor Strange. The, oh, mm-hmm. the lady uh, when she like pushed Bruce's soul out of Hulk. I was yeah. like, oh, thank God. Like regular <laughs> Bruce Banner, not Hulk Bruce Banner. I thought it was funny. 
I will say though that I thoroughly enjoyed when when <laughs> when the three of them showed up in in um in Avengers in 2012, yeah. right? And he was telling him he was like, "Okay, we'll like smash some stuff while you're going." And he's just like, Ugh, "Yeah, he's, uh, and he like uh, hit the car and he's like, Ugh, and through the motorcycle." Like that was really funny because that's what I would assume how Bruce Banner would act if like he was the Hulk. Because he's like, he yes. thinks it's stupid. And he was like, yeah, I wear a shirt now. And he goes, oh, this is degrading when he like ripped his shirt off or whatever. <laughs> like, that I think was it's a little gratuitous, funny. but all right. I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was an interesting way. Like, it's funny how in tragedy, some people can f- really fall apart, but then some people can also kind of like find themselves in a way. And I think that's what happened with the Hulk is he found that balance. Yeah. You know, he, he was able to take the tragedy and use it as a way to like balance his anger and his inner self mm-hmm. somehow. I don't know. I think that's interesting. I mean, it was, it was just <laughs> not my favorite part. No, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But speaking of, like, finding themselves, my heart hurts because, like, Tony, like, let's talk about Tony. Yes. He obviously, like, he blames himself for losing the kid because he saw a lot of himself in Peter Parker. Yeah. And he felt responsible for him. And we saw that very much from the very beginning when when Tony met Peter. Yeah. So losing him was obviously going to be devastating to him because it felt like he was losing his own kid is what it kind of seemed like the way that he reacted. Mm -hmm. Um, but like finding out, coming back and finding out that Pepper was still alive was amazing. Yes. And I love that they got married, moved Mm -hmm. into a cabin somewhere and had a kid. Yeah. Like, cause she was pregnant in infinity war. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that they had the kid and, like, he was definitely, like, the way he acted as a dad, that's exactly what I had expected for him to be as a dad. Like, to be honest, like, I totally forgot that Pepper was pregnant in Infinity War. Like, I didn't remember that. Um, So when he went out and sat in the little chair and was, like, looking, I thought he was looking for, like, a pet. And then she came out and I was like, oh, my God, he's got a kid. (laughs) So cute. That little girl was so cute. She really was. And I feel like that's what makes Tony's storyline, like, so much harder to grasp. Because out of everyone, he had the most to lose at the end. Yeah. But that's kind of what makes him the biggest hero. Oh, God. Okay. I know. Well, we'll get to, like, the end. end. (laughs) But um, I do love, like, the family dynamic. I know. I love that he warred with himself on, like, how hard... Because he was the only person who would be able to figure out the time travel thing. Like, he's the only one. They tried to use Bruce, but Bruce is, like, smart but not smart in the same way that Tony is. Yeah. And I love that Tony's like, I figured it out, time travel. And she's like, you did what? (laughs) (laughs) I like that he, like, tries to let her tell him her thing and then immediately interrupts her and is like, I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) He's all, oh, composting. Cool, 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 cool. I figured out time travel. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love that he also made Pepper an Iron Man suit. Yes. Like, amazing. And I love that she, like, pops up at the end battle to, like, fight everyone. I was like, oh, what a badass. (laughs) I love Pepper. Um, But also, who's watching the kid, guys? Who's watching the kid? Oh, Happy. Happy was probably babysitting the kid. Um, But I'm glad that, like, Tony decided that to help. Because he was the only person that could have helped them. Yeah. And I love the teams that they split up into to, like, do everything. And uh, Rocket and Thor is a team-up I never knew that I could possibly need in my entire life all the time. It was so good. It's so fantastic. And I like how he's trying to get him to get it together, but he's just like a lush who's just drunk everywhere and like bumbling. And I will say that I am extremely happy that Korg did not get snapped. Like when Korg was sitting on the couch, I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) It was so funny. He's like, oh, yeah, we don't mention him here. Like, we don't mention that name here. (laughs) Thanos became Voldemort. Like, he who shall not be named. That's basically what happened. God. Thor's like, we're fine. We've got beer games, blah, blah, blah. We're good, right? And he's all, yeah, we're good, mate. <laughs> so good. And I love the the Valkyrie girl. Like, oh, everybody yeah. just calls her Valkyrie. So um, I'm Tessa, glad that Tessa she did Thompson. not get... Yes, I'm glad she didn't get snapped. And I'm so glad that she was like, she was like riding a horse with wings and like oh. in her Valkyrie costume and stuff. And I was like, this is everything. Yes. And she got named the new Queen of Asgard. Yes. That was which so is cool. so great. Um, I'm glad. I know I'm glossing over like not talking about Cap and like the important stuff. Yes, but I'm you are. Like, I know you're saving it's gonna it. Get, <laughs> it's going to get emotional. I'm just sorry. Um, I'm just trying to talk about everybody. Um, let's see. Who else haven't we talked about? Uh, so uh, Black Widow and Black Widow. Hawkeye. Yeah. So they team up together and they're supposed to go to Voromir, right, to get the Soul Stone. And clearly we all knew that in order to get the Soul Stone, the ultimate sacrifice would have to be made, a soul for a soul. Yeah. So those two going... We were like, is it going to be the same kind of situation or is it going to be something different? Yeah. And unfortunately, I did not see this coming. Like what happened? I like I didn't see it coming until it was happening, if that makes sense. Like when they got there. Oh, gosh, I hit my mic. When I when they got there, I was like, oh, I wonder who they're going to bring. Like, are they going to? bring in his wife and he's going to have to sacrifice like his wife or something. I didn't think it had to be one of the two of them. Okay. Until they started obviously fighting it out. And I, and then I knew exactly who it was going to be. I had an ink, like when they got there and he was like, you have to sacrifice a soul for a soul. And then it kind of does that small time jump where they're just like sort of sitting there trying to figure things out. Yeah. I had a feeling that, so it was probably going to go one of two ways because obviously like Natasha is going to be like, no, you have to survive because your family's going to come back and they're going to need you. Yeah. Like you have your family. I don't have anybody. Yeah. Like that's what it was going to be. And then also you've got Clint who 
Like, he's a hero at heart, so of course he wasn't going to let her sacrifice himself for him. Yep. He's like, no, this is my duty. I have to do this. Like, it's yeah. me. So people have... I've heard different commentary since the movie came out about people thinking that what was happening between the two of them was not realistic. That, like, Ooh. they're fighting, and, like, people didn't like mm. it as much. I, th- I thought it was realistic. I mean... It made sense that he had this guilt that he felt like he needed to sacrifice his life for all the lives that he had probably taken within the past five years. Mm -hmm. And that was probably at the forefront of his mind, where at the forefront of her mind was like, no, you're going to get your family and you need to be with them. Like you Mm -hmm. have more to lose than I do. Um, So it kind of made sense that they were both like wanting to sacrifice for the, and they obviously both cared about the other. Very much. So it made sense that they were both trying to sacrifice themselves for the other. Oh, and, it and, was very much, yeah. Yeah, and they're both very, like... Like, I say sneaky, not in a bad way, but, like, sneaky in the sense that they were, like... Oh, no, I got it. And then, like, take off and then go... But then the others like sneaking off, then like grabbing them. You know, so it kind of made sense the like physical, like physically mm-hmm. the way that they did it. Um, I knew once they started fighting, I knew it had to be Natasha. As much as obviously I hate the fact that it's a female character and it's Black Widow who never got her own movie and has like been there from the beginning. Like I feel like out of the two of them it made the most sense for her. Yeah. It just sucks. Oh yeah. It, when they were fighting each other, it was like, cause they're equally matched in oh, their yeah. skill level. A hundred percent. And we, so we saw it before, like right in Avengers when they were fighting each other. Um, and Natasha got the upper hand on him before. So it was kind of this wondering on whether or not she would also get the upper hand, which she obviously ended up getting. Um, yeah. But, like, what you were saying is, like, they both are assassins, pretty much. And that's how they were taught. And he became an assassin, pretty much, over the five years. So, the way that they, like, sneakily would get each other. And then when she jumped off and he jumped off and caught her. And then she, like, hooked that thing to his belt that there was no way he was going to get out of it. And when she dropped, I was just, like, I almost screamed. I know it was, it was honestly heartbreaking. Like you could feel your heart sink as she was falling. Yeah. And then he like wakes up in the water with the stone in his hand. And now he has to go back and tell everybody that she didn't make it. And when he showed up, everyone was like, where's Natasha? And like, he was just like shaking his head. And I was like, I know. So heartbreaking. Cause like, they all like looked at each other like, yes, we did it. We've, had these all all these obstacles to go through, but we all did it. Oh wait, and then you know, yeah. especially with Natasha being the one that was like holding out hope for, like the longest out of everyone, you know, and mm-hmm. oh, that hurt. Heartbreaking. Yeah. That hurt. All right, I think we've stalled is it, long is it enough. Time? Oh God. Okay. <laughs> oh, Katie's gonna cry. <laughs> I have a lot of strong feelings about Captain America, so. Okay. Steve. Yes. He 
was with um, Iron Man and who else was with them? God. Bruce? No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Was it Bruce? Yeah, it was Bruce. So it was the three of them. Yeah. So it was Bruce. Uh, oh, and Ant-Man. So it was Bruce, Ant-Man, Tony, and Steve went to 2012 to try to get the Tesseract. The Because there was three stones at the same time. So the Tesseract, the Mind Stone, and the Time Stone. So those three stones were all in New York at the same time in 2012. Because it was... Uh, Tony and Steve were trying to get the Mind Stone and the Tesseract Power Space Stone thing. Did I say Power Stone? and Space Stone. Anyways, freaking Tesseract. Okay. <laughs> there's Any- a lot of stones. There's a lot of stones. <laughs> Anyways, so, like, I had a great time, like, really enjoying, like, watching Tony and Ant-Man uh, and Steve, like, try to get those two stones. Because, yeah. let me tell you, I was loving the way that, like, when Tony was hiding behind the thing up in the up in the penthouse or whatever and he's like looking at captain america he was like this this outfit does not flatter you at all he's like that's america's ass <laughs> oh my god I was, that was amazing i was laughing so hard when he was talking about america's ass i was like well yes. yeah <laughs> but like <clears throat> it was so funny because he like like, all of this stuff is going on, right? And, like, Tony is, like, descri- like disguised as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent down yeah. downstairs trying to get the, uh, <laughs> trying to get the, 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 the suitcase away, right? So, like, yes. he gets the suitcase. And, like, I love that Loki is watching all of this crap, like, happen. And he's just like, what is going on? And, like, no one else is noticing, right? Because... 2012, Tony is, like, going into, like, cardiac arrest because Ant-Man, like, messed up his chess piece thing. Yeah. Um, But I love, like, they were almost home free, and then Hulk comes bursting out of the thing, and he's like, no stairs! I hate stairs! stairs. (laughs) I just love when he's going down the stairs. Oh, so many stairs! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that was so funny. Oh, so many stairs! I hate stairs! But then Loki gets the Tesseract and freaking disappears, which the thing I'm wondering is, like, how much does that screw up the timeline? But also... See, I feel like that's a huge plot hole. Which they will probably explain in Loki's spinoff show that he's getting. Yes. So something will happen where that'll explain, like, where he goes and what that does to the future, because obviously, like, they don't take the... They, Thor doesn't return to Asgard with Loki and the Tesseract. Exactly. And, like, a lot of things change, so it's, like, what's going to happen with this alternative timeline that was now created, and, like, does it still exist? So there's a lot of questions about that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Which, well... Because I was thinking, like, how do they then get the... Because, te- like, obviously they didn't get the Tesseract then. Yeah. I forget... They went the, back to... They get it... 1970. Okay, well, then that would cancel out then... Possibly, because they've interacted already with the timeline, and it caused Loki to take it and go somewhere else, which probably splintered off an additional timeline that may or may not get rectified by returning the stone to 1970. But if they go to 1970 and get it, then doesn't that ricochet and then make it so that 
they don't have to go back in 2012. It's, I don't it's know. very time travel is weird. Time travel is confusing. Um, but like before I talk about Captain America fighting himself, yes. um, I really like when they come to the realization that time travel doesn't work how every movie they've ever. He's like, so what you're saying yes. is that everything that happened at Back to the Future is bullshit. Like he was so angry that like that Back to the Future lied to him. Like I just Scott, I love that he like start listing all the movies that time travels in, and then he's like, he's like Die Hard. Wait, no, no. <laughs> I love when 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 he goes Hot Tub Time Machine. Like he even says that yeah. one. <laughs> Die Hard. Oh wait, no. Oh wait, no, no, oh, wait. no. no. <laughs> um. Okay, but I love when. <laughs> Because Captain America is a completely different person now. Like, oh yeah, who he is. So he's the one who's trying to get the the scepter, right? That has the Mind Stone in it. So he gets mm. on the elevator, which was a total callback to Winter to Soldier. Civil, or sorry, yeah, Winter Soldier. Winter sorry. Soldier. I just recently watched that the other day, too. It was funny. And major props plus fan service to them to having Cap whisper Hail Hydra into that guy's ear. Because in the current reincarnation of, of, of Steve Rogers, he's supposed to be part of Hydra in the Steve Rogers Captain America comic. Yeah. That happened. So he's supposed to be part of Hydra. So, like, their face when he's, like, Hail Hydra, they were like, what? And he just, like, they just <laughs> give it to him. And he, like, yep. walks out. Um, They're like, wait, he knows. He knows our secret. He knows our secret. Oh, my God. And then he runs, of all things, into himself. And he was like, ah, crap. <laughs> Which, like, makes sense. Because if anyone's going to, like, see someone creeping around that's fake, it's going to be Captain America. <laughs> but I love when he's just like, I found Loki. And he's like, dude, yeah. I'm not Loki. And he's just like frustrated with himself. And when he says, I could do this all day, he goes, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh my when, God, that when, was really good. Like he almost lost to himself, basically. So he's like laying there and he's like, Bucky's alive. And he goes, what? And then knocks him out. And I love when he was like, oh, you're right. That is America's ass. <laughs> That was the best. <laughs> that is America's ass. That is America's ass. He's right. But like, it's dude, beautiful. two Captain Americas in the same moment. Like, that was everything. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was beautiful. But, oh God. Okay. So, oh. <laughs> they did not get the Tesseract in the timeline that they were supposed to get it in. So, they needed to be able to get it and also get back. Because they only had enough of the, like, time travel juice to get one round trip. So they had to make a decision yeah. and they just, they figured out that the one place where the Tesseract and the time travel stuff for their suit would be in the same place, which was 1970 at the base where Captain America trained because they knew that that was an underground shield facility. And, yeah. uh, uh, Henry Pym and the Tesseract were going to be in the same place. At the same time. So mm -hmm. Tony and Steve go there. And uh, Tony runs into his dad, which was unexpected because he gets in there. He yes. takes the takes the Tesseract, runs into his pops and has a wonderful, amazing conversation oh. with him. And he finds out that like 
Tony's mom is pregnant with him and like they share this like really wonderful moment and he like hugs his dad and comes to the realization like his dad really does love him more than he ever really expressed. Yeah. And it's very sweet. And uh, Steve breaks in, steals the the stuff for the suit and then he's like on the like trying to get out and runs into like seeing that they're looking for him. So he hides in an office. And when he's in said office, he sees a photograph of himself from before he became super soldiered and looks over and sees that the name on the door is Margaret Carter. And she like walks in and he's watching her through the window, like literally like, I was bawling because, like, this is one of those moments that you've kind of been waiting for for a long time because, like, uh, pre- earlier in the film, Steve says that he's met the love of his life when he, like, he met Peggy. Like, she's the love of his life. And then he got frozen for 70 years or whatever it is and then lost her and never got the chance to really show his love and affection for the person that he considers to be the love of his life. And there he is standing in her office alive when that's all she's ever wanted, looking at the woman who's supposed to be the love of his life. Uh, and he can't <laughs> stay there. Like, nope. Or interact with her. Interact or with her or anything. And like, she was watching him, and I was waiting for her to just look up and see him. And I was like, is this a one way glass? Like, what is happening? How does she not see him or feel him or anything? I know. I kept thinking that. I was like, you don't see some person just standing at the window? <laughs> like, the man that you love, like, the love of your life is standing in your office and you don't see him. Oh, and like, so he has to leave, right? So, like, they get all the, the stones. They make the cool glove, and now they're going to, like, do all this stuff. But at the same time, like, freaking Nebula is, like, connected to herself, her old self. And Thanos, like, figures out what's going on, of course, because, you know, killing Thanos is just not the end-all, be-all of everything. So Thanos basically figures out everything that's going on, and now he doesn't have to look for the stones because they're all in the same place. So he just needs to go to the place where everyone is. And they like freaking like right after they make that glove and they decide who's going to wear it to like do the snap or whatever. (sighs) Did they wait? Did he snap before everything got blown up or after? I can't remember now. Before they snap and then. Like, because I remember seeing Ant-Man, like, looking outside, and there's, like, beautiful butterflies, oh, yeah. like, okay. flying around the trees. And he's like, guys, I think it worked. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So they have to decide, like, who's going to wear the glove? Because when they snap the fingers, like, it's going to, could potentially kill them. Kill the person who snaps. Yeah. So they, <clears throat> Bruce decides to wear it because... Like, Thor really wanted to put it on, but Thor was in no condition to do it. So Hulk puts it on, and after a lot of, like, dramatic buildup, he snaps his fingers and brings, hoping that he brings everyone back. But there's, like, no real way to know. But then they start hearing a phone ring, and it's Laura, Clint's wife, Mm -hmm. calling him. 
And then Ant-Man, like, Scott walks over and he goes, guys, I think it, like, then, because, like, yeah, Thanos shows up and just blows the Avengers base to hell. Yes. (laughs) And surprisingly, everybody survives, which is magic. (laughs) Which is typical superhero movie. (laughs) Yeah. So now it's, like, this big battle thing. And, like... Instantly turns from day to night. Yeah, <laughs> do it does. Notice? It does do that too. Day to night, <laughs> like Thanos's entire army shows up, including Gamora and current <sighs> and past. So it's like past Thanos with past Gamora and past Nebula, who's actually like a bad guy who like f- pretended to be current Nebula. There's so much time travel. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. Past Nebula, like. Obviously, when both of the nebulas were on the same, in the same space, like their networks connected and yeah. they figured everything out. And then the 2012, wasn't it 2012? 14. 2014. Oh, 2014. 2014 nebula pretended to be 2000 whatever. 19. <laughs> <I don't> 2019 <laughs> well, nebula? No, it's like 20. Is it? Jesus. Yeah, what years? Because it's... So it's 29... Infinity War was set in what year? 2018, I think. 2018 plus 5. Yeah, math. So 2023? 20, 23. Whatever. Current yeah, 20, day nebula. 2023. So 2023 nebula. So like current movie nebula. Coming back as if everything was fine, but really she brought, you know, Thanos and Gamora with her and all his army. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oof. But I like the with. I mean, that was a good like, good way of doing all that. That was smart. I did like when Clint was like, "Oh, hey, I know you," and she like takes the glove and then like punches him. He goes, "Oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> And I know when he just passed it off to her, I was like, no. Yeah, I know. But then he like straight up figures it out. And then there's like this big long game of like keep away with the glove to like keep Thanos from getting it. Basically football. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're like playing football with it. But so like I love so they got this like big battle scene, right? And everyone's fighting that because they have no idea if the snap that Hulk did brought everyone back. They have no idea yet. Right. So yeah. they're doing this big fight and like Cap is just going head to head, hardcore, crazy like him. Um, it's him, Thor, and an Iron Man are all three of them are all fighting, um, gonna be fighting against this army. And uh I forgot to mention the most important thing, which was when Thor was in Asgard in the past, he stole the hammer. <laughs> He stole oh, yes. uh he stole the hammer because it still existed in that time frame, brings it forward in time, right? So now he's got Stormbreaker and the hammer to fight with, right? So they're like mm-hmm. out there battling and doing whatever, right? And like the the hammer goes somewhere else, right? And then out of nowhere, the hammer gets thrown and hits a bad guy. And it's freaking Captain America is holding the hammer. And and Thor goes, I knew it. I freaking knew it. <laughs> that was amazing. Amazing. That was the most, one of the most amazing moments ever. Because I feel like what it was is that Cap 
Cap totally, totally knew he could pick up the hammer in Age of Ultron. A hundred percent. But he didn't do it. And like, yep. oh my God, when he was wielding the hammer and the shield at the same time, like my brilliant like i lost it like everybody in our theater screamed when it was cap holding the hammer like everyone freaked out like i knew i knew cap would always be worthy of the power of thor like a hundred percent hundred percent yeah oh my god it was so so good so now you've got cap with the hammer and the shield with iron man and Thor with Stormbreaker. All three of them are fighting against Thanos. And, like, it's insane. And, like, you don't really know if they're going to win. Like, you have no yeah. idea. And everyone gets knocked down except for Cap because he doesn't know when to stop fighting. That's yeah. just who he is. You know, that I can do this all day kind of thing. He's been that way since day one. And when... Thanos was hacking away at his shield like I freaked out because I I didn't know if he was going to die like that was my thing yeah is I had no idea if Cap was going to die in this film because he obviously like his Steve uh Chris Evans's contract is up like yeah he already said he's not doing any more movies for the MCU so it's like are they going to kill him like during this battle and then it gives everyone like the push to fight to the end or whatever. So there was no real way of knowing. So I was terrified of like, yes, him dying. And when he like stood up with the half a shield on his arm and he tightened the belt on his arm to like tighten that half a shield that he had left to get up to fight. And then you hear like the, like Sam in his ear and he's yeah. like Cap Cap are you there? And he's like Sam? He goes on your left and like the portal opens and then all of them show up and it's like oh. the greatest thing ever. You see like T'Challa and you see everyone from Wakanda and you see Dr. I love that everyone from Wakanda came through first. I was like yes! I missed them. I missed them so much. Everyone was screaming and then crying when Spider-Man showed up and him and yes. him and Tony kind of had this like moment and he hugged him and he was like, oh, oh, it's okay. Oh, well, this is nice. And he's like, this just, nice. they're just like hugging each other. Oh, it was everything, everything. And like everyone comes through and there's like this big, huge battle. It's like the good, the Avengers army versus Thanos's army and everyone's going to get their ass whooped. Like this is yeah. happening. Um, and that's when keep away of the glove is going on. And like, yes. we thought everyone was going to get devastated, right? Because Thanos was losing. So he decided to do whatever he could, which was just fire down and it didn't matter who would die. And then yeah. out of nowhere, the girl we've been waiting for to just show up, shows up. Boom. She just blows everything up, flies right through the ship. Hello, Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers, where have you been? Yes. Um, but like the, almost the many times that Thanos almost snapped again, like I freaked out. Yeah, no kidding. And obviously like this is all leading up to probably the most devastating moment of the entire movie. 
besides like the mm-hmm. end where I was like crying even a thousand times more. Um, yes. Where Tony and and Doctor Strange sort of share this look, and he raises his hand and says, "Like, like one, and like that, like this is the only way, the only way to win." And yep, he like realizes, like this is it. This is how it has to happen and yep. they're like fighting and he's got his hands like all over the the glove and he gets knocked back and Thanos like snaps but like nothing happens and he looks at the glove and all the stones are gone and then there's yes. there's Tony right so like everyone was cheering and we're like yeah yeah he got the stell wait a minute and like all the stones are on Tony's hand and he freaking snaps his fingers. Oh. And, like, all of Thanos' army, like, disintegrates, right? Like, they turn to dust. But, like, and eventually, like, Thanos turns to dust, too, because, you know, bye. But yeah. Tony is, like, sitting there just, like, hanging on to life at the yeah. end and oh. the two people that are there are like peter parker and then pepper and peter uh-huh. is like the worst part is that it's kind of like exactly what happened in infinity war but like the opposite yep because peter's like mr stark mr stark it's gonna be okay you're gonna be fine and they're all standing there and he just like he goes he's like it had to be this way and yeah he like dies and like what Pepper says as well, just like, yeah, it's okay. We're all going to be okay. You can I rest now. I don't know now. what the exact wording is. Yeah, you can rest now. Oh, oh. It hurts so much. It hurt way more than I thought it was going to hurt to like watch him die. Yeah. It was awful. It was very sad. It was just it was like, it was horrible sad. because Tony had the most to lose. Because his biggest thing about moving forward and doing the time, the time, uh, going back in time and everything and the time travel was that he goes, I don't want to erase the last five years. Whatever we do, I want to bring them here and not go back in time because didn't want to lose the life that he had built for himself in the last five years. Basically, he didn't want to lose his daughter. That was the thing. Like his daughter and Pepper meant the world to him. And so it was very important that the world that they created from that point forward just brings everybody from that disappeared five years ago to the present time that they're currently living in. And they fulfilled that. But unfortunately, Tony did not survive to watch how the world would prosper from that moment forward. Like how things would be. Yeah. And that hurt. So much. It's very sad. And like seeing the funeral scene. Oh God. With with like how they were able to film that with everyone there. Even was so, like, <sighs> did you recognize? So like, I was really confused on who the random kid was that was standing there. Oh, and it's the kid from Iron Man Three. That's yep. who it was. Is like even he came. Like every single person was at that funeral. Like, Happy was there, and I love the moment that he shared with her, and she's like, I want a cheeseburger, and, like, Happy was trying so hard not to cry, and he was like, you know, your dad really liked cheeseburgers, and I was like, straight callback to Iron Man, the first one, when he got cheeseburgers after he got rescued. 
oh, and he's like, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> my heart. God, happy. Um, but like, God, jumping back really quick. Uh, the team up between all of the female characters that exist in the oh. MCU that were still alive was, was amazing. epic. That was so good. It was really cool to like see each of them like step up next to each other and like stand there and ready to fight. Even Pepper was there and everything. Like that was super mm-hmm. cool to see. That was very cool. I I was like almost tearing. I mean, I teared up for sure at that part. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god! I I you because you kind of forget like how many there are now, mm-hmm. which is like so cool. Yeah, it was it was oh. pretty sick to see and to like watch them fight. And all that stuff like that was super, super cool. Um, yes. It's a spinoff movie that I need to exist. I'm just saying. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Before we talk about the part that just like, you like, you just totally breaks your heart, right? That Tony dies. And then right after that is like, again, one of the most devastating freaking things to happen. Devastating <sighs> and yet fulfilling. Oh, it made me so happy and sad at exactly the I, same time. I knew it would. As soon as I saw it, I was like, shoot, Katie is dead. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, dead. I died. There were several times throughout the movie where, like, Colleen and I, so, like, I went and saw it with some of my coworkers, and um, Colleen and I, like, looked at each other and, like, freaked out, and, like, she and I were both, like, just sobbing silently in the movie. Like, I could hear her. Like, mostly I was just, like, heavy breathing because I was trying not to sob audibly. There were yeah. people who were not very good at it like everyone was oh. sobbing in the theater people were just like <gasps> just crying really yeah there were several people <laughs> there was like a whole row of, of people in front of us that were just like one girl you could tell was totally like a 100% like a um Peggy Carter cosplayer or like she really oh. tried to dress up like in the same era time frame as oh. like Agent Carter takes place and stuff and yeah. like they were just sobbing through the whole movie. Oh but, oh, did you like the Jarvis cameo from Agent Carter? Because that was amazing. Yes, that was good. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> like real Jarvis. Yes. Um, but anyways, so end of movie <laughs> comes and all the stones need to be returned to their proper place where they, when they were stolen. Because the the girl from the lady from Doctor Strange, I can't I can't even remember her name, like no I can't in either. the film. But she basically tells Bruce Banner that uh, snatching the uh, stones from that time frame will will basically fracture off these alternative timelines in each space that a stone is taken from, and that the only way to fix that is to return the stone from the exact time and place in which it was taken. Yeah. So. They give all the stones, like, Cap Cap volunteers to do this. And I know that's, like, he had ulterior motives from that moment he volunteered to take the stones back. You knew it. So he takes all the, they give him all the stones and the hammer. So he takes the hammer, all the stones with him, and he um, jumps through time to return the stones to their proper place. And the way that, like, the whole time jumping thing works is that he has... So, like, they send him off, and he can take as much time as he needs to return, but for them, it'll only be, like, five seconds seconds or whatever. So, Bruce, like, counts down, five, four, three, two, one, hits the button, and nobody shows up. And they're like, oh, my God, where's Cap? Oh, my God, where is he? And 
Bucky sees somebody sitting on a bench over on the side. Oh, he knew. Oh, he knew immediately. Immediately. You know he knew, like, Mm -hmm. what was going on. So he sends Sam to go talk to him. He was like, are you going to go? He's like, no, you go. You go over there. And he's just sitting there. And, like, I was not prepared for Steve to be an old man. Yeah. I was not. a handsome man. I know. He looks so good. I was just like, oh, Chris Evans, you look amazing. And and always. (laughs) Um, But I think Sam was, like, he was shocked. He was like, well. He was like, I was not expecting this. So they basically like, I saw the ring immediately on his hand. I don't know if you noticed it pretty quickly. I didn't know. I did. I saw it on his hand. I was like, oh my God, he got married. Oh. And so like, I was kind of like trying to make, figure out like what was going on. But like, I was like, there's no way he did that. He had to, he had to have. So like they have this conversation and Sam basically tells him, he goes, I never really realized that I would be, have to exist in a world where Captain America didn't. Like, where you didn't exist. Because now, like, he's older, which means he's going to eventually just die, like, of natural causes or whatever. So so Sam's like, how are we supposed to live in a world where you don't exist? And then he, like, speaking of which, and he, like, opens that bag, and it's the shield. It's, like, a new version of the Captain America shield. Like, and he goes, try it on. And so basically he passes the Captain America torch to Sam Wilson, to Falcon, which is... As far as I know, in the comic book, that's the current Captain America is Falcon. Yep. So I was super happy because there was a lot of debate between whether or not it was going to be Winter Soldier, so Bucky or Sam, that he was going to pass the shield on. Yeah. I was so glad it was Sam. And like, then Sam asks him, he goes, Oh, I see you. I see the, like, he sees the ring and he goes, Are you going to tell me about her? And he goes, No, I don't think I will. And from that, like, I was just crying. I was I'm sure. sobbing because I really apologize to Troy, who's going to listen to this and might start sobbing again because I do this to him all the time. So, like, Cap, when he decided to take the, the stones back, literally meant that he was going to get a third opportunity to see Peggy. And there was no way he was going to walk away from that. Like, there's no way that he was going to get that third chance to live a life with the woman that he's lo- that he loved his entire life and walk away from that. So yeah. when he volunteered, he absolutely knew he wasn't coming back. Like, yeah. in the same fashion that he, like, the way he looked. That he was going to do what Tony told him to do, which is what he said. He was like, I went out and got myself some of that life that Tony was talking about. Uh, and... Yes. They do that, like, slow pan in on the house, and you can hear the music. And at that point, I was just, like, ugly sob crying. (laughs) I was crying so hard because I knew what I was about to see. And I wasn't going to be able to handle it. Because, like, you know how much I love Peggy and Steve's, like, storyline. Like, Captain America has everything to me. He's, like, my favorite character. One of my favorite superheroes characters of all time. And all I've ever wanted was for Steve to be happy. Like, that's all I've ever wanted for him. To get his dance. To get his dance. To get his best girl. And then they zoom in on the house. And she's slow. You can see her face. And she's dancing. And they pan up. And it's freaking Steve Rogers. And they're slow dancing together. They finally got their dance. I'm dying. (laughs) 
my God. Oh, it was so good. It was the perfect way to end that movie and to give us what we've always wanted. Like, it's all I've ever wanted is for, like, Cap and Peggy to be together and Steve to be happy. And we got it. We finally got Got it. it. Oh, it was such a satisfying ending. It was. It was a very satisfying way to wrap up 10 years, 22 movies worth of content. And to know that we're pushing forward with something new. So, like, it, it makes a lot of sense. It'll be interesting to see how... Um, the loss of Tony on Peter Parker affects him in the next yeah. Spider-Man movie. So Far From Home is coming out, is the next yeah. movie to come out. And so we're going to Which, see... Like, can we talk about that? He goes back to school, even though it's five years later. Wasn't he like a sophomore in high school or a freshman? Yeah, but even? he didn't age because he got snapped. So he's exactly the same age he was when he left. Yeah, but all his other friends are as well. I'm just assuming that his buddy, the guy in the chair, right? His bud also got yeah. snapped because he didn't look like, any different. In the movie, they're all in school, aren't they? And like the movie coming out in July. Yeah. So I'm thinking that like the time frame between the end of the end of this movie and when Far From Home takes place, that the time is like there's not a big gap between the end of Endgame and the beginning of that film. But it's still like five years, which means he'd be like in college. Yeah, but he didn't age, remember? So like he no, but everyone else did. If they didn't get snapped. Okay, so we're just going that hopefully the entire cast of Spider-Man movies got snapped. Got snapped. Yeah, I'm just assuming okay. that that's what happened. Because, like, I don't know if we... I can't remember if Aunt May did or didn't get snapped. I don't remember if she did or not. Um, But I'm just... Well, that wouldn't really affect her. I just mean, like, with everyone in high school. Yeah. No, it would be weird because it would mean an entire five years of loss of time for them. So I'm just going to assume that the main cast of (laughs) Spider-Man also got snapped. Yeah. Like... It would be interesting. Like, MJ, like, Zendaya's character... Mm-hmm. Flash. If is there a Flash guy? I can't remember. Yeah, Flash. Like all the people that were like the main characters that were in Homecoming, like they all got yeah. sna- <laughs> snapped. It would be really funny for like one of them to be like five years older and the rest of them, but they're all still in high school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> really funny. Well, yeah, man, I just got held back. <laughs> I got held back, man. Um but it will be interesting to see like how that movie moves forward with um, Peter dealing with losing Tony because I feel like he looked up to him like a father figure very much as much as like their relationship together. It wasn't very long, but like it was a deep, important relationship to both of them. Yeah, definitely. So it'll be interesting to see like the future. Cause I know there's another black Panther movie. There's going to be, um, another guardians movie, which, mm-hmm. Oh my God, it better be guardians plus Thor. <laughs> it better yes. be that. Like, that's what I want. I mean, I feel like Chris Hemsworth is super open to it. Cause I think he said in interviews, he's like totally down to do more movies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be a really good pair up. It would be so good between like the arguing between Thor and 
Star-Lord would be, like, amazing. And I think that what's going to happen is that the next Guardians movie is going to be um, them trying to find Gamora. Like, that's what it's going to be. To find 2014 Gamora who's stuck in our time, like, our current time. I just love that she sees him and she just turns... (laughs) To Nebula. To Nebula and is like, him? Really? (laughs) Yeah, he's... (laughs) <laughs> and Nebula was like, well, it was either him or the tree. Yeah. <laughs> it was him or a tree. That's <laughs> oh, so good. Because he's like so happy that Gamora's alive and then she just beats the crap out of him. And I was like, he kind of deserves it because a lot of this is kind of his fault. <laughs> God. Oh, man. Everyone, everyone came back. So it was just like almost everybody. No Black Widow. She did not come back when the snap happened, which was like mm. obviously heartbreaking, devastating that she's dead. Well, and Vision as well, I'm assuming. Yeah. So Vision did not die. I think they could only bring people back that were killed with the snap. So anybody that died yeah. in relation to not the snap did not come back. And yeah. oh my God, we didn't even talk about like Scarlet Witch when she was fighting Thanos. I thought she Ooh. was just going to murder him. For sure, because she was because like she was double mad because not only was she forced to kill the man that she loved, right, to destroy the stone and she held him back the whole time um, in Infinity War. Then he brings him back and kills him right in front of her. So she had to watch the love of her life die twice. Mm -hmm. She was mad. And then she died. Oh, yeah. Then she got snapped. So she's like yeah. angry. Man, yeah. when she came back and she was just like full on, just like, I was like, oh, oh, let her kill Thanos. Like she's mad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Scarlet Witch. I like that her and um, who was she standing with? Was it Cap talking about Vision? I don't remember. I don't remember who she was standing with. I think with. it was. It was Clint. Was it Clint? It was Clint. She's standing with oh, Barton. Okay, yeah, probably Clint. Yeah, because uh, they were talking about Nat. And then, oh, yes, and yes, then yes. she mentioned Vision. Mm-hmm. So it was very sad. Lots of sadness. Anyways. Lots of emotion. Dude, the movie was devastating. I'm going to see it again. Are you going to see it again? Yeah, I just don't know when. Okay. I might go on Monday, possibly. Because, you know, I don't have to work because I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Just rubbing it in. I just know. Kidding. I was just on vacation. Um, You were just but, uh, on vacation. What do you mean rubbing it in? I know. <laughs> For the listeners, that's all. <laughs> okay. Okay, anyways, I th- think that's all I've got to say. That was a lot. Like, there's so much we probably didn't even talk about. Well, we talked about a three-hour movie in half the time, so I think that's a win. I think that is a win. We gave our thoughts, feelings, talked about how much I bawled my eyes out. I managed not to cry a second time talking about Peggy and Steve, so that's a win for me. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Couldn't hold it in when we were talking about BTS, but dang. <laughs> it's okay. Take the win, Katie. Take I'm the taking win. the win. I'm taking it. I'm taking a win. <laughs> because I'm sure on Monday when I watch this movie again, I'm going to be like bawling my eyes out again. Yes. <sighs> Anyways. Is that it? Got anything else to say? No, that's it. That's it for me. All right. 
Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Tea Time. The show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at teatimewithkc. You can also chat with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash teatimewithkc. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or suggestions for future episodes, feel free to email us at teawithkc at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. And lastly, don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Geek2Geek Media Network by visiting geek2geekmedia.com. The Twitch stream subscription links for Capsule J and Troidal Power will be included in our show notes, and you can also chat with us in real time by joining our Slack workspace, our Discord server. Invite links to those will be included in our show notes, and until next time... Bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.